This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. This year, I had the pleasure of sitting down with the one, the only Mr. Ross Matthews. And today we share this chat with you. Never before heard, I've wanted to chat with Ross for so many reasons. Ross checks so many boxes for me. We cover it all. Drew Barrymore, Drag Race, just everything. Pop culture, Kardashians, Housewives. Ross knows them all. So stay tuned. This is a chat with the one and only Mr. Ross Matthews. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Ross Matthews. Oh, hi, how are you? How are you, Ross? Welcome. Welcome behind the velvet rope. Thank oh God, it's so nice back here. Oh, look around. Oh, wow, we're behind the velvet rope. Cute. I, I'm so happy to talk to you and I am wonderful. I'm beyond, I'm so grateful. So I'm in a good place, you know? Listen, a good place. Are you in New York or Palm Springs? I know you split your time between the two. I'm in New York right now and it's not freezing yet. So we're good. It's actually a beautiful day here and um, it's fall. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm like, I'm in a movie, you know, like the leaves are falling from the tree. It's so cute. I've been in the Hamptons all summer. I'm still here and I cannot wait to get back to New York this Saturday. It's like, I I need some New York City in my life. You do? Well, it's beautiful. And, but it could not, you know, you're right. I lived in Palm Springs. I still live there. I spent my time between, but there are, there are, nothing is more diametrically different than Palm Springs and New York in the winter, but it's, it's stunning. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of into both of them. Well, listen, I said hello. I really should say hello, Ross. I mean, <laughs> congratulations on the new podcast. Thank you. It's really exciting. It's, um, you know, I've been in the podcast world for a long time, since like 2012 or 13 or something. And, and um, you know, I, I kind of did it as like a little secret to get, you know, just get to talk smack, you know, and not me about mean about people, but I mean, just with my friends, we would just like do talk and make each other laugh and like giggle, giggle and sort of say things we couldn't say on TV. And so now podcast, it used to be the wild west of broadcasting. Now it's become like this huge, powerful platform. So I kind of thought, what could I do with the podcast if I, if I really did it, you know, didn't just use it as an excuse to sort of like talk with my friends and giggle, but really do it. So you know, I, I started Hello Ross and it's every week somebody truly fascinating stops by to talk to me. And we have these in-depth conversations, the kind you can't have on TV because there's time limits. You know, you understand you do it here too. I do. And listen, yes, yes. And yes, I agree with everything you said about podcasting and you really do get in depth and you get to really know someone better. I find, you know, I think so. I think, 
I think so often when you just get a snippet of, of, of people, and I've been in this boat too, when you just give a snippet of yourself, people think that's all you are, but we are so much more, you know, we're all the feels. And so in a podcast, you can kind of explore that. You talk to funny people who have trauma in their lives, who have loss in their lives, who, are, who have come through it. And in like, for example, Chelsea Handler's was on my first episode and we talk about losing our parents and I was on Chelsea lately with her for seven years. We never talked about losing our parents, you know, but of course we talked about it off camera. So here's a chance to really show what, what our real conversations are. And, and, and it's also funny. Well, listen, I mean, way to show the rest of us off Ross, because yes, your pilot episode is Chelsea Handler. So, you know, thank you for like setting the bar for the rest of us <laughs> well, really damn high. And then episode two is uh, Guy Fieri coming up. We have Chelsea, uh, we, uh, we have um, Todrick Hall, Kathy Griffin, Sally, Jesse Raphael. I'm going to interview later today. That'll be released on the road. Uh, Tiffany Thiessen, people who I just think are funny, interesting, fascinating. So we're going to keep the level up here. You know what I'm saying? In wow. terms of, and by the way, it's not always going to be a famous person. As long as they're fascinating, they could be my dental hygienist, but they will be fascinating. That's the guarantee. Wow. Okay. That's, I have a lot of things to say about a lot of those names you just mentioned, one of which I've interviewed too, but you know, but, but first I'm going to pull a Julie Chen on you before <laughs> we talk more about your podcast. You know, I have to say like when you, you know, took the job, you know, as an intern for Jay Leno way back, mm -hmm. you know, did you ever think, you know, it would lead to this? Like, did, yes. did you? Yes. Yes. I was the only one. Yeah. But I was working, I was in college. I was working there for free. I grew up in a little farm town in Washington. Uh, state and I would uh, watch like Regis and Kathy Lee with my mom and I remember just saying like I'm gonna do that that's it that's that's it and so it's always been my north star but like you know I also get that I'm like a cartoon version of a human being I'm like a you know a, a, like a care bear in real life form so it was there weren't people like me on tv so I was like I don't know how it's gonna happen but it's gonna happen and of course it was unorthodox I went there I worked for free I delivered mail and I was always so curious about how TV worked, who pulled the cord that made the curtain open, who did that, what's a writer, what's a producer. So I would talk to everybody, you know, and uh, it was one of those people I talked to, a writer who, when someone dropped out of covering the Ocean's Eleven premiere, said, you know who's funny is that Ross in the hallway? And that's where it started. And I remember thinking, oh, this is how it's going to start. Wow. So like the whole on air and all that, that was, I mean, it was your plan, but it was really never the plan of them. It just kind no. of happened. Wow. No, I was living in the dorms. So then I started on air and they getting, getting more assignments and the ratings were really good. The audience was, you know, tuning in and, and they were like, can you go cover the Olympics in Salt Lake city? I was like, well, I have to ask my professors. I don't know. So I went and I, you know, as I was on camera, then I would turn to my left and be on my laptop writing a paper. It, I mean, it was just really crazy. Do you remember the moment when you went from like, you know, checking with professors or, you know, this job behind the scenes to like, wait, that is Ross the intern. Like, do you remember that first, like, you know, understanding? I mean, of course you understood what fame was, but that first, like, wait, I'm famous too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, part of it was like, oh, that's what they're calling me. Oh, you know, and I did it to myself because I remember being in the van. I was like, this could be a rig. I remember them being like, you know, maybe we won't even air this the first one. And I was like, well, I don't know. It seems like it could be a recurring thing. Like Ross, the intern, and you sent me out and they're like, eh, who knows? Let's we'll see how this one goes. And then when they called me, I was like, oh man, now that's my name. You know, I'm going to be I, at the time I was 21, but I'm like, I, I, this wasn't a gimmick to me. This was the start of a decades long career, you know? So I was like, all right, how am I going to turn this, you know, into a career now? So um, I just remember, I just remember being very cognizant of like, this is not a gimmick, you guys. This is like, this is a, this is going to be a thing. But I, it was, again, it was me, the only one believing it, you know, which I'm fine with. I think as long as we believe in ourselves, you know, who cares what everybody else says. Totally. And was it always pop culture to you? Like you mentioned, like Kathy Griffin, you know, like, I mean, um, you mentioned Kelly, you know, and Ryan and Regis, yeah, Regis and, and Kathy like, Lee you grew up with all of that, just loving pop culture. Yeah. And just like, it's almost like I knew I would be there. You know, I knew that I would know them and I knew that I would, it, it's like, I, as sure as I knew that this, you know, this computer in front of me is here, I just knew it. And so it wasn't like I aspired for it one day. It was just like, so when is that going to happen? Because hurry up. I'm like, ready for it. Let's go. Isn't that weird? Yeah, but it's like you said, I mean, I think it's like you've got to believe in yourself and you've got to, you know, I mean, I've switched careers so many different times. I'm a corporate lawyer who now does this full time. So it's like wow. each time I've switched careers and I had to stop in between, like I was always successful in my career. Now, my personal life, let's not even get into, but <laughs> it was just like I was like, no, I'm going to succeed in this new venture in my life. It's just that's how it is. Yeah, I know. I, 
it's almost like like when people say like I I knew I'd be a parent. I knew I have kids. You know, like I guess if you just know in your gut something, you can manifest it. Oh, I can't describe it. I can't explain it, but I know it happens. Well, look, it did happen because after, you know, the Tonight Show, you were everywhere, like, you know, a regular on Chelsea Lately and The Insider and covering every red carpet. Like, you know, you even said on your podcast when you, in this pilot episode, when you interviewed Chelsea, you know, people always ask me about you. So here you are. Like, what was it like working with Chelsea? Well, she, you know, that show was so funny. I miss, I miss doing that show. But it was... It was tough in the sense that like you had to be on your game. There was no script there. And if you remember, it was Chelsea, who is as sharp as they come. And then there was always three different comics on that round table. And Chelsea would throw out the topic. And we would get them about an hour and a half before the show, what the topics were. So I would sit there and think like, what is my point of view on this? What is my take? And quickly on, I realized I'm like, these people are funnier than me. You know what I mean? But what none of them have and they can't compete with is my point of view. It's I'm very, I'm a very specific person, you know, and the way I see the world is so different from the way that they're going to see the world. So it's, I never tried to be funnier than them. I, I couldn't, but I could certainly carve out my lane. And so while they were on the, on the table and Chelsea, they were sort of assassinating pop culture. You know what I mean? They were like, I'd be the one on the end being like, okay, yeah, but I kind of love Jessica Simpson because you know what I mean? And it was like, Right away, my voice was different. Not, not my actual voice, which was different, but my, my, my POV and my voice was different. And, and it worked, you know? And so, but you had to be sharp. You had to be aggressive because these comics knew that we had 22 minutes of television and you better elbow your way in and make the most of it. So, you know, you had to be aggressive. And, and <laughs> did, was, I mean, it was tough. It was did tough. you feel that? Because, you know, like I've talked to a lot of people like that were on Saturday Night Live. Like they say, yeah, like, you know, you had, it was a different thing, but like, it sounded like the similar to Chelsea where like, you're right. You had a fight to get airtime, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't about getting aired. Well, I guess it was about getting rebooked. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. You know, no ego, but everyone always tells me when I do these podcasts, I look so great and I look so refreshed. Truth is, I'm really exhausted during most of these chats. And there's really no mystery. I owe it all to OneSkin. Before OneSkin, I tried everything. All these products claim to smooth wrinkles and firm my skin, give me a youthful glow, blah, blah, blah. Nothing worked. That is until OneSkin. And a large part of that is because of the science behind the product. After testing thousands of peptides, the team of scientists behind OneSkin discovered the OS1 peptide. The OS1 peptide is scientifically proven to target AIDS cells and actually reduces the biological age of skin by several years. My favorite product of theirs, the OS1 face. It's not just that it improved the overall tone and appearance of my face, but it improved the firmness and drastically reduced the fine lines. One skin is for everyone that wants to prevent or reverse the signs of aging with a groundbreaking approach. One skin addresses 
addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so skin behaves, feels, and appears younger. It's time for you to experience a new skin routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with code VELVET at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code VELVET. We only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. I have to tell you guys, this podcast would not be running on all four cylinders as fast as we are, effectively as we are, seven days a week a show goes out without Indeed. If you're hiring, you also need Indeed. Before Indeed, I was hiring people that weren't qualified, that weren't good fits. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills. Indeed is a great, powerful platform that can help you do it all from one place. I've hired my whole team from Indeed. With Instamatch, over 80% of employers get qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. No waiting. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Velvet. The offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash Velvet. Just go to Indeed.com slash Velvet. And hey, support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, there was never a guarantee. If you had a couple lackluster roundtables, you you know, it's not like we had a contract. There was The phone would just not ring. And, uh, and rightfully so. You know, you have to deliver. You have to. I'm not, that's, I'm not critiquing Chelsea or the production. But we, I think we all felt the pressure of like, it could be a make a break kind of thing. Wow. What did you learn from her? Like, if you just think like what over, you had to pick one thing. Well, I, I think I learned that I was funny enough to be there because I, I talked tell the story on, on episode one of Hello Ross that the first time I did it, um, I'm not an aggressive person like that, you know? I mean, I my nature is not to be aggressive, I should say. And so that first round table, I didn't say anything because I'm like, well, when's my turn? And uh, she asked me back on, and I remember emailing her, like, I don't think it's for me. And she said, you're funnier than you think. And then when I got in there and I, I elbowed my way in and made a joke that next time, she, she turned to me and said, somebody's coming into his own. And I, I think maybe she taught me I deserved a seat at the table, you know, among well, many mean, things. But that's one big thing she taught me. And that's a huge compliment. Like when you barely say anything and Chelsea's like, you're funnier than you think. Well, we had been, we had hung out a lot. You know, we had been on, on tour together. We had laughed and gotten drunk in hotel beds with chicken fingers. And she knew I was funny and, and that I could hang, you know. It's even on Leno in those days, like I, they, when I talk about showing a sliver of who you are, they showed a specific sliver of who I am. But I'm also filthy and hilarious and raunchy and all of that stuff. And all the things I get to be now, you know, and um, she saw all of that. So she saw more than I did that I that I deserved, like I said, a seat at the table. Well, talking about stressful, like, I mean, you have hosted so many red carpets. I mean, a lot with Eve, like, you know, with Juliana and Kelly, like, is that is that yeah. stressful? Is Because I have friends yeah. in that aspect of the business. I, I, in my, my own made up story is that it's stressful. Is it stressful when you're saying that? It's not stressful to me at all. No, this is, this is what I'm good at. You know, there's a producer in your ear. You are live on television. So you're, you're communicating with the audience. I'm, I'm I'm a born multitasker. So I like getting multiple things done at once. So this, I'm just setting the scene. You're live. You're talking to the audience. You're setting the scene for them, the atmosphere, what's going on. And at any point, any celebrity, whether they're a nominee or not, can walk up behind you and you need to be prepared and not, I'm not talking about holding a card with facts that someone else wrote down for you. You need to have a encyclopedic knowledge of celebrities. So when they come up, you pull out your in, inner card and you know what to ask them, what their project is, what their last project is, what's the rumored for next, who they're rumored to be dating, what they will not talk about. You need to know all of that. And meanwhile, while you're doing that, a producer's in your ear telling you who's coming up next. So you're like, you're talking to the eyes at home, you're talking to the celebrity in front of you, and you're thinking about what you're going to do next all at the same time. And I loved it. I thrived on it. What's your astrological sign? I'm a Libra, but the first day of Libra. I mean, I, I'm a Gemini and I mean, multitasking is like music to my ear. So I would just yeah. think it was like such a high. And I remember leaving people. My mom would be like, who'd you talk to? And I'm like, oh, my God, no clue. You, you, I just was like not present, you know, but it's like you, something was was going on. It was it was really fun. And it's a unique 
thing to have done at that level because we were seen across the world on E. You know, everyone was watching E around the world. Yeah. Have you ever had like just a total fuck up, like whether we knew it or not, where you're just like, oh my God, like. Yeah, I am sure of it. I can't, I can't give you nothing like monumental. Um, I remember we were on once. Oh God, I can't remember her name, who it was, but we were on once and somebody, I think she was a model, like fainted, you know what I mean? And I was like, hi, hi. And she was like falling on me. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna hold her up. And we are gonna be right back with more life of the red car, you know what I mean? Like that. And you just kind of had to deal with it. Someone told me when I first started TV with live, with live TV, you just have to embrace the mistakes or you're, or you'll get caught lying to the audience. And I was like, I can do that. Wow. Have you ever like from a red carpet just met a celebrity that you're like, wow, this person is just so much nicer or just much more gracious than like my own backstory kind of made up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot. Most of them, most of them, some of them are terrible, but most of them, I mean, the, the nicest I ever met on a red carpet was Gwyneth Paltrow. She's the nicest, you know, I taught in my first book, um, man up, which going to throw the uh, forward to we tell the story about how I met her at the, my first uh, Vanity Fair Oscar party. And I always wanted to be best, best friends with her. And I asked her, I said, will you be my best friend? And she had seen me covering the Olympics in Salt Lake. And she said, yes. And I gave her my email address and we emailed every day back and forth for six months. And in that time, you know, both of us lost our fathers and it went from being like, oh my God, LOL, oh my God, to like real and trying to work through some stuff. And and then, you know, we've been besties ever since. We went to lunch six months later and it was like, oh, I was like, is it really you that's writing me? And it really was her. And uh, we still did this. I just texted her on her birthday. She texts back. Do you ever have, because look, I mean, like now we're going to get into like the Drew Barrymore show and like, look, you mean, you've been in the business, you know, everyone, but like, do you ever have these pinch me moments still like where you're like, wait, I'm texting Gwyneth Paltrow or I'm friends or no celebrities are humans and you're just above all of that fanfare at this point no i'm not above it um it, it has become like more normal and with her specifically like i've just known her forever that i don't think about it or like that you know with drew i work i see where every day but i mean when i first started with drew two and a half years ago i was like oh my what the, what is going on yeah it was really weird but um it's different it's different now but i will tell you what does blow me away is like i told you i'm having sally jesse Raphael on hello ross and I don't know Sally Jesse Raphael. I don't know her. I've never met her. I've never spoken to her. But she's tweeted about me really nice things. And I tweeted, thank you. And we tweeted back and forth. And then I asked her to be on the show. So like, the fact that like this afternoon, I'm going to be like we are doing right now a zoom with Sally Jesse, who I used to, you know, watch and turn down when she would toss a commercial so I could toss a commercial for her, you know, I turned the volume down so I could say it. We'll be right back more Sally on the way, you know, I loved that part of TV. And like, now she knows who I am. And it's going to like, she has it written down on a schedule somewhere. Ross Matthews today at four. Like what? What? That, that blows me away. I have actually had her on this podcast. <gasps> Tell me everything. It's right. I, I mean, the same thing. It's like, it happened through like, it was a friend of a friend. Like I have a really good friend who knows. So it is just, I was like, okay, let's make this happen. Yeah. You have moments where you're like, holy crap, like this is the real deal. And she is yeah, unfiltered and she, she goes through the, this landscape of talk shows. Like she, she knows Drew and like, she knows what's going on. She does know what's going on. Uh, and she's really good at what she, what she does, you know? And so I can't wait to talk to her, but that, that's the thing, like the, the things from my childhood that really blows me away more than anything. You know, I wish I could, I wish I had a time machine so I could go back and tell little Ross, like, oh my God, you're right about everything. You're totally right. And you're totally going to know her. Yeah. It's interesting. Do you have like a specific question you're just dying to ask Sally on your podcast today? I do. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to tune into Hello Ross to find out. What I it do. Is. I sat down yesterday. Of course, the, my interview. I don't know what your interview process is, but it's very different for the podcast than it is for anything else, right? For the red carpet, like I said, I have the encyclopedic knowledge, but that's for that two and a half minute interview. For these longer in depth things, you know, I want to talk about her thoughts on current television. Uh, I want to talk about what it takes to to be the best. You know, um, I want to talk about. Well, there's so much to talk and, and also about what do you do once you're an icon? What's next? You know, once you've done it, what's next? So, I mean, those are the kind of, kind of deep combos I'm going to have. I also have red glasses I might put on that I all, you know, the ones I wear as when I'm bossy Rossi on um, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. I had red glasses and I put them on. So I think you should put them on. Oh, I love it. That's great. Good. 
Have you ever had, like you said, like who's like just a celebrity that you interviewed on the red carpet, like where it didn't go well, like you said, some are rude. Well, I write about the, the, those ones, um, some of them in, uh, my second book name drop and, uh, you know, there were some people who just, especially in the early days, didn't know what the hell was going on, you know, because you have to remember the red carpet before I was on it. And before Joan and Melissa sort of did the, what they did at E, which was sort of happening simultaneously was, was way more stuffy, you know, that people were having a real, like a lot of fun on that red carpet. And I, this one's not in the book. So I'll tell you a story. that's not in name drop, but I remember, um, I was covering, Oh, it, this was at the Vanity Fair party a different year and Usher was walking down. It was like height of confessions. Usher was the biggest deal in the world. And he was walking down and his publicist said, you get one question. And I was like, one question. <laughs> I don't know who I thought I was, but Usher walked up to me and I go, well, your publicist says I get one question. So what's your favorite thing about me? <laughs> like, he just like, looked at me like, what? And he left. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought most people would be down to play. He was not. Wow. Do you have a favorite award show that you've covered? I mean, they're all so different, I would imagine. Or are the they Oscars. all just... Yeah. The Oscars are it. Yeah, that because I think everything, no shade, but everything is an appetizer leading up to the leading up to the Oscars, or at least it was. Who knows where the state of pop culture is now? It's different. It's different. The Oscars are different. It's all different. But when I I began really studying the the Oscars uh, in the early '90s, my mom got me a book on the history of the Oscars, and I would just study and memorize, study and memorize. I'd write down the new ones. Uh, you know, every year the nominees and include them in my memorization. I just lived for it. Now, I don't know. It's lost something in terms of its cultural relevance. I don't know if it's the movies people are making or what, but it's not as, it's not as big as it used to be. I would agree with that. Well, listen, you talk about these pinch me moments. We have Sally, Jesse, Raphael coming up on Hello, Ross. But I mean, where does the view fall on your just list of, I mean, I watched you on the view. I mean, that's- You did? I did. I've I've read all your stuff, Ross. I've watched you everywhere. I've followed your career for a long time. Well, thank you for, thanks for keeping up, you know. Um, The View was really, really fascinating. I loved The View. I would watch it all the time. You know, Barbara Walters, I wrote a paper on her in college. I love, I love present tense Barbara Walters. I think she's extraordinary. That book she wrote, Audition, is American history through the eyes of somebody who changed American history and documented it. It is, she is fascinating. Her career is fascinating. Um, she was very kind to me. And then one day, not so much, you know, um, in, in the early days when I first started going on The View. And then, and then I came back, you know, all these years later. And um, all of this is in the, in the story. But they, we were, I was very close to being the first man ever hired on The View. Um, in fact, they told me, get ready to move to New York. We're having a meeting this afternoon. Um, and we are informing the network that we want to hire you. And then I got on a plane and I, you know, I splurged for Wi-Fi because I was going to be a new co-host on The View. I could afford it, right? And I refreshed. This was after a nap on the plane. And I refreshed. And the headline on TMZ was, you know, Sherry Shepard, Jenny McCarthy, and uh, Bill Getty all fired at The View, blah, 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 blah. They had a meeting with executives. Today. I was like, <laughs> it all just, it all just disappeared right there, you know? And no one ever knew. No one ever knew except us. And it was, it was heartbreaking, but, but look what it led to. You know what I mean? I'm st- I still got to where I was meant to be. And to be quite frank, the, talking with Drew every day about news stories that aren't political, even though I love politics, but that are about good news and funny news and pop culture is such a better fit for me than anything like that. When I embarked on my health kick about a year ago, the one thing I kept hearing from everyone was it doesn't matter what you eat or how often you work out, you have to drink tons of water. And that was the last thing I wanted to hear because drinking water from the tap totally freaks me out. And that's when I discovered AquaTrue. AquaTrue is a water purifier that puts the water from the tap through a very thorough filtering process. It removes about 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. I love AquaTrue because it's 
so easy to use. It doesn't require any installation, no plumbing. I have a nice cute little one on my counter because I like to keep it simple, but they have purifiers for every type of home. Their filters last a really long time, from six months to two years. One set of their filters is equivalent to 4,500 bottles of water. So listen, it's time to get peace of mind with AquaTrue. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code VELVET at checkout. Plus, AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it, you can just send it back for a refund minus shipping. One last time, that's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use code VELVET. You guys are always asking me, who do I want to have on as a guest that I haven't already had on this podcast? And one name that always comes to mind is Eddie Izzard. I would love to sit down and interview Eddie Izzard. He's brilliant. He's hilarious. Uh, he's often bizarre. Well, now the one, the only Eddie Izzard brings a new show to North America with the Remix Tour. This is the first time in four years that Eddie has been on tour. I cannot wait to freaking go. If you haven't seen Eddie before, you're totally missing out. Listen, he he's often referred to as the lost or last Monty Python. He's, of course, a legendary comedian. He's sold out shows all over the world. He's performed in multiple languages, and he's done some incredible charity work also. He's also run 31 marathons and performed 31 stand-up shows in 31 days to raise money. How cool is that? I'm going to see him live. You guys have to go and see him live also. Starting September 7th in Nashville, Tennessee, the remix tour kicks off at the Ryman Order and then it goes throughout September, October, November, December. Eddie's on tour for the whole rest of this year. So go to www.eddieizzard.com for tickets. As always with Eddie, expect the unexpected. And it really was like that simple, like it was going to be you. Like they were going to announce it. It was really going to happen. It was going to be me and one other man joining Sherry, uh, Jenny, and Whoopi. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then like, do you, are you at the point in like, I saw obviously that must've hurt at that time. It sounds like. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. But it was almost like, I didn't really believe it was going to happen. So there was no, I didn't even know what an offer was. So I didn't even know the, the monetary, but it wasn't about the monetary. It was about, oh my God, I almost got to the dream, to the thing, but it didn't like crush me because I knew it would still happen. I knew somehow, but yeah, it was, it was weird. And I almost didn't put it in the book because I was like, but then it's so true. It actually is what happened. Where do you think, you know, cause you could ask Sally how she feels about this too. Like, where do you think, like, do you think it's time, you know, like we have the talk with Jerry O'Connell, like, do you think it's time to mix up the view and have like some, like a regular male host? I, I think the view's doing great. I think the view is, is as good as it's ever been. I think they really are in their zone. I think the production on it is, um, is top notch. And, you know, I think, I think they know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I, I would think so too. Yeah. Yes, yes and yes. What was, <laughs> you know, well, yes and yes. I mean, like you say, like Barbara was nice to you until she wasn't like, did you read Ladies Who Punch? Like, do you feed into all of that? I mean, Of course heard- I read it all. Yeah, I'm fascinated by it all. And you know, I'm great friends with Rosie O'Donnell, who is one of the truest humans I've ever met. Like she's just very tapped into being a human. She's, she's very honest and generous and straightforward. I love her. Um, and you know, she has, of course her, her insight. You should talk to her one day. I don't know if you have, but she has incredible insight and stories. And, um, listen, I, I write in, in the book, which I feel like I'm promoting the book, but I'm not, it's been out for like two years. You can promote it. (laughs) But I write like, you know, I, I, the reason I love Barbara still is because, you know, I I think I caught her on a bad day or something. And so what was monumental to me was like a Wednesday. And I was like in in her way to her, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't important, but yeah, she also taught me like, even on like, nothing can throw me on live TV now because it's like, you know, Barbara Walters came at me on live TV, but I, I'm good. I survived it. We were fine. You know, I got this. It's like you said, and everything leads to something else. Totally. What was it like being on Howard Stern just because? So good. Howard is the best of the best of the best. And I've loved Howard for 25 years, maybe 30 years now. And um, I remember the first time I've been on three times. And the first time I just, 
I mean, they walk you in like, all right, here you go. Here's the green room. It's with them. It's another day, you know, here's the, but for me, I was walking and staring and like Fred walked by me and I was like, what the, and there all of a sudden I look and there's Artie and there's Robin and then there's Howard. And it, you know, they talk to you for about 45 minutes. It takes a good 30 for your mind to catch up where, where you I remember thinking, what have I been blabbing about? Like, I'm not even hearing the words come out of my mouth. I'm just like looking at what's there. I wish they would have brought me in during commercial break. So I could have just said, okay, caught my breath or something. But they bring you on live, which I guess is good because it gets you off your your feet a little bit. But I remember thinking when I was leaving, like, I, I think I'm a better interviewer and broadcaster now. Just having spent a few minutes you know, with him looking me in my eye and talking to me, I, you can just see what he's doing. And you're like, Oh my God, that's the smartest thing that, you know, that's how you do it right there. Literally brilliant. I wonder if Howard is aware. I mean, I know he's, but I wonder if he's aware when like someone like you or whoever at the beginning of their career kind of comes in and is just like, you keep it together, but you're like, Holy shit. Like, what is this? I hope so. I hope he feels that, you know, I, I really hope I, I think, I, I think he, I don't know if he can, absorb it because if you listen to howard he doesn't absorb you know he he i don't know that he can really understand it what he means to all of us you know but i uh, i do i love him so much yeah he's like the gold standard mm -hmm. talk to me about you know drag race you've been there since season seven and i mean is that just a fun job like i think it is it's the funnest it's the most fun it is um you know we just try to make each other laugh but then it's also in the thing that that show does is it tells stories that have never been told on TV and in terms of the human beings that are cast to compete on that show never been seen like this. And what I love now is the show has been on for what 11, 12 years. So these queens that we have on now who are 22 have been watching our show since they were 10 and imagine what we, what, what people like me could have accomplished if we were watching people like us on television since we were the age of 10, you know, I could have wasted, I could have not wasted all that time thinking, do I belong? Do I deserve? Is there a place for me? You know, what can I do with this life? If I could have seen at 10 years old that I could be fabulous, you know, it just, there was no representation for us. So that's what's so exciting now is, is what is what it's doing. So simultaneously we are laughing and having the most fun. And I think we're doing some, something pretty important. And do you think it's different? Like you mentioned, like when you first started, like on the Today Show, you know, you say you're a care bear, it's your words in the beginning. And, you know, yeah, like you were in a way, well, not even in a way, like you were like an anomaly at that time. If you think about it, like how many, like how much gay representation, you know, was there really? And then when there was, it was all a certain one type, right? So as we talk, uh, we, I, I know what you're saying. And I, I have Bowen Yang from SNL coming up on Hello Ross. And we talk about this because I sent him a little note when he first started just on, you know, in the DMs saying, I'm so happy to see you on the show. And he was so kind in saying that, like, when he he's like 10 years younger than me. So when I was 21 on Leno, when there was nobody like me on, on television, he watched in my living in his living room, watched and remember thinking like, oh, my God. Oh my God, he can look at, I could do it because he's on there, you know? And a lot of people, when they say that to me, it, it makes me feel so good because I remember that day when they said, do you want to go out and cover this Ocean's Eleven premiere? I remember thinking, okay, they're going to laugh at you at first, but just be funny enough that they're laughing with you by the end. So you're not the joke. Don't be the joke. You know, you can, we can all laugh at you, but when you, if you're controlling it, you won't be the joke by the end. Got it? And it was so purposeful to be the representation I didn't have. So it, uh, it means a lot to me that, you know, the kids that were 10 in their living rooms are now making movies and being on SNL and, and, and killing it. it. Makes me very, very proud. Did you say when you got asked to do this Ocean's, this Ocean's 11 premiere, like, did you say like, you know, maybe butch it up or like, were you conscious, like, let me try to like gear towards being straight, which is, you know, a different time. No, that there that, that that is never a luxury I had to make the choice to gear towards being straight. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? I, I, I it just like shut up. I, I would have to not talk or blink. To Takes to one to know straight. one. I mean, I'm sitting yeah. here with my nails just freshly painted, yeah. and like it is what it is, right? It is what it is. You no, know, people ask like, did you ever try to stay in the closet? What what closet can can contain this? It's just it didn't exist. It doesn't exist. It'll never exist. 
Yes and yes. And then did you feel as you were, because like, I can't really remember. I mean, I remember watching you, but like, was that a thing back when you were on the Today Show, like just from the public or was that like something that you were like, this is going to hinder my career? Well, yes, I just assumed, you know, you have to remember there weren't, there weren't openly gay people. Will and Grace was starting the same time I was there. There weren't, there weren't people. I just assumed it would affect my career. And I remember going to like pitch TV shows and heads of networks to my face saying to me, it's not going to happen. You're way too gay for us. Right. Which now I'd love if they said it to me, like I would, cause then I'd own that network. Say it to me, please let's go. You know, my lawyer is on the speakerphone. Let's do it. But back then I remember just being like, got it. I understand, you know, and that's the kind of difference that it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, so do you think, you know, you look at like Ryan Murphy and Pose and everything else, like, where do you think we are? You know, you look at that, but then you look at like a bros, like, you know, which like, you know, is considered like not a huge success at the box office, even though it's phenomenal or like, where are like the gay actors, like a Brad Pitt or a George Clooney that, you know, like are carrying like a multi-million dollar franchise. I mean, I'm not slanting you either way. Like, where do you think we are with all this in Hollywood? Today? I think, I think it was in terms of um, storytelling, I think it's better than it's ever been. You know, we were telling more uh, queer stories under the umbrella of, you know, however you define with LGBTQIA plus that we're telling more of those stories than ever. Um, and, you know, I would argue when it comes to like a movie like Bros, how you define success, you know what I mean? They're talking monetary success, but the fact that that movie got made and was in mainstream theaters is extraordinary. You know, it's really, truly amazing. And Billy Eichner should be applauded for getting that that movie made and and told and sold. Um, and so, yeah, just we got to redefine success. The fact that that's out there is, is success. You're right. That's a really good way to look at it. Hmm. Is there ever been a queen on Drag Race where you're just like, oh, she was robbed, like that person should have won? Yes. Would you like to tell us who it is? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with everything, but I also know that it's not my decision to make. I have input, you know, and, and there have been times when it wasn't any of our decisions to make, be made because, you know, the early all-stars years were not chosen. The winners were not chosen by us. And, and so I don't agree with, with, with every decision that's ever been made. No. I didn't think you wanted to share. Well, I say justice for Got Mick, not to take anything away from the winner that season. But I will also say, can I just say this? Yes. Anyone on that show, any of our queens performing is, wins because, and that sounds so Pollyanna, but what I mean by that is they are booked out. And that is winning. So again, how do we judge success, right? Do they get the crown? No. But do they get them coins? Yes. And, that, and really, do they get a career? Do they get exposure? Can a queen can come on our show and work for the next decade booked solid? you know, and that's extraordinary. That's un- right. It is extraordinary. And yes, they do work. They have the tours and all the online. It's, it is unbelievable, you know, and right. I think any baby queen growing up now is like the gold standard is drag race just for what it could do to your career. Absolutely. We've seen it time and time again. Well, for all you've accomplished, I mean, let's talk about celebrity big brother. How much were, were you? Oh, God. I mean, was that fun? Listen, you did. You 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 got far. Oh yeah. Hello. I I agree with you. I should have won. Um. I, here's the deal. It was the first ever celebrity season. I I watched the show since season one finale. I was in college before Leno, and I got on a school bus because my my roommates in college mom was a teacher at a school district, and she got to bring her students to be in the audience for the finale. I went with them. I was in the front yard. The back of my head was on TV. I love Big Brother. Um, and then I said, one day they're going to do a celebrity one. They're going to ask me to do it. I know it. I don't want to do it. I've never wanted to do it, but they're going to ask me and I'm going to have to say yes. And then I got the call. My manager at the time called and goes, well, you were right. So I had to say yes. Um, it was fascinating. I, I, I was great. I really was so proud of how I did. Anytime I was on the block, I got myself off. I won more HOAs and POVs than anybody else. Um, you know, you, I played the game super strong. And it was the first time ever that the jury got to watch before they voted. And, you know, 
that's what happened. But I, I stand by it. And, and, and even with, you know, Todrick's coming on on uh, Hello Ross, we're going to talk about that. People took it personally, too, that I was playing the game. What do you think was going on? Where do you think it wasn't a vacation, honey? We were there to, like, play the game. And that's what you got to do. I thought you did great. I mean, I always tell people I would play that game even if there were no cameras. Like, it's such a brilliant game. It's brilliant. It, it's brilliant, but it's per, it becomes personal in there, and it and it's 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 just twenty four seven. You know, your world is really strong, and you can't trust anybody. I had Marissa, so at least I I knew I didn't know her before, but I knew I could trust her. Um, she always jokes. She goes, "If I ever backdoored you and voted you out, I'd lose the entire gay demographic of my fan base." I'm like, "Precisely, you can't, you can't get rid of me." Um, but uh, I would never do it again. They've asked me to do other countries' versions. I'm like, "No, not doing that. Thank you so much. Not doing it." Would you ever do something else, like you know, Dancing with the Stars? I mean, I don't think so. I don't know. I never wanted to be on a reality show um, because I, you know, I. I I, I have a skill set, you know, I'm a broadcaster. I like to interview this. I had to do Big Brother. I had to just as a fan of the game. But I will tell you, I can't watch it now. Really? Because Yeah, because it's the same house where I was. So I watched it. And I'm like, I know that corner. That's where my bed was. That's where I slept. That's where I heard the the camera operators through the window talking. You know, I would go to sleep and they're like zooming in on Ross's face. Yes, I got him. He's and you're, like, imagine you're going to sleep knowing that it was it was a nightmare. Do you have PTSD from your time on Big Brother Ross? Uh, no, no. I just have done it and never, ever, ever need to do it again. What was it like? There's so many Housewives fans who listen to this podcast. What was it like being in the house with Brandy Glanville? <laughs> I, love, I love Brandy, you know, because when she's great television always, but she really is a really good, really good human being who really means well, you know, and she has her set of rules that and this is a compliment that she knows to be true to herself and like if you are within those rules you're good but like if you step one step outside of those rules she has an issue with you the best thing about and and i'm fine with all of that because the best thing about her is that because she's so good she's able to forgive you and and understand it eventually and sort of get there but there was a time when i had to choose between her and i think marissa or something you know, and like, she just didn't understand why I, 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 I wasn't going to save her. And it was like, because like, I, I, I said to her in the house, this is so stupid. This is, but this is how personal it gets. I said to her in the house, I will always be a better man to you outside of the house than I can be to you in the house because this is a game and I have to be strategic. And, and I don't think she got that, but I, by the end she voted for me to win. So I think she got it, you know, and we're still friends. She wasn't happy about what I wrote about her in the book, though. She wasn't. No. Even though I called her ahead of time and asked her if I could write it, she said yes. And then when she read it, she wasn't thrilled. So I called her and said, why are you not, what, what's this about you're not thrilled? And she just said it, she thought it was harsher than it needed to be. Do you have fallouts? Because it was such a great book. Like, do you have people that really are truly mad at you and do not speak to you anymore? No. That's good. That's good. I mean, Brandy was the only one. And to be quite frank, it was like one of the lighter stories in the book. <laughs> but I just don't think she liked it so much. And and I love her. I really love love her. And I always will. I'll really, truly. I would love to see her. It's been too long. But no, 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 no. Because the book wasn't mean. N- name drop wasn't mean. It just was true. You know, even even when like when we talk about Barbara Walters, I talk about I totally get why she was dismissive of me. You know, I get it. I was in her way on a Wednesday. You know, it's cool. Right. Totally. I agree with all of that. Are you a Housewives fan? I know you and your husband are huge 90 day fans. You guys both had a sighting on different coasts, but are, are you a huge Housewives fan? No, because I, I know most of them. And so I remember I was, I used to watch it in the beginning. And then, you know, these women who are smart and interesting and opinionated and kind would go on there and like do something crazy because they had to have a storyline and it would just kind of make me feel bad for them, like, like my friends. So I was like, you know what? You go to work, I'll see you at dinner, but I'm not gonna watch your show. That's probably best, especially with the way there's a lot going on. What about, you know, there's a lot of talk always, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Andy Cohen is always like, you know, like they always toy with this idea that there should be like, a, not that there should be, that there could be like a gay male as like a lead housewife. They're not sure which franchise like, how how do you feel about that? I mean, or do you think that kind of jumps the shark? No, no, no. I just think I, as long as they're interesting, you know, as long as they're like, they have something to say, great. I, I don't care. 
I support it. Well, just look, make because there's been people on on that show who are not interesting and they don't last. You know what I mean? So it just and that goes for any show. Just, just make sure that they're watch they're watchable, they're interesting, they're interested, all of that. Then I'm I'm in. I would agree. I mean, listen, you split your time between Palm Springs and New York. You know, housewives they want you know the person to be like successful and have a life and you know have a family and. Ross, this sounds like you. Would you ever, would you want to be this first gay male housewife? Uh, make an offer. That's what I say. Tell me, make an offer and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> it could be in New York, even you're near the OC in LA. I mean, I, I really see this. This isn't like a joke in my head. This is a real thing here. All right. Well, um, yeah. let's discuss. I'm open for negotiations. Listen, you're busy with your day job on Drew. You have the Hello Ross podcast. I, I, I know you're busy. I'm just trying to help. You know, I'm just trying to put it all together here for you, Ross. Thank you so much. No, I honestly, I've never thought about it. And not for a, a millisecond. This is the very first time. But yeah, I mean, I would entertain any offer. Hello, you know, I'm a freelancer now in, in show business for almost 21 years. So you, you look at every offer that comes in. <laughs> See if you want to do it. I agree. Well, how is, I mean, what is it like working on the Drew Barrymore show with Drew? Oh. I mean- it's like the most um, wholesome work experience I've ever had in that, like, she's just like, it feels like family now, you know, um, we end every show talking to the audience and we sit there and we hold hands and we talk to the, you know, talk to them. And there's just such kindness. If you come to the studio, which you should do, please come be my guest. It is well. like, um, it's just like this good energy place like you know you walk into a spa and you're like oh it feels good in here like it feels like that it's just sunshine and it's sort of like what we begin we began talking about how usually you just so slivers of yourself i don't know if it's a fact that now i'm 43 um that i get to be on every day with the with the audience with her with drew who's so giving and kind but i feel like there's not a part of myself i'm uncomfortable showing on this show you know for uh, vulnerable funny opinionated angry about you know something if something really is not okay we go there um it's just such a relief to be able to show every side it doesn't shock me that you say it's sunshine like i if i think drew barrymore plus ross matthews i think sunshine like you said i'm sure you're you're both self-actualized people like i'm sure you have but are you guys ever in a bad mood because i just don't see it from where i am um Let's see. Well, I wanted to find bad mood, you know, like, of course, there's sadness. There's, um, we all have crap in our lives, you know, that come on. And, but the, the difference is, it's like, I don't know if, if I had like, I call it a real job, but like, if I was a bank teller and I was suffering and sad and going, I would have to fake it to go into work and put a smile and do it. But the thing about what, what I get to do and the job I get to do with Drew and what I've done for over 20 years now is that when I go to work, it's almost like I'm fueled by, by it. Like the, the job actually changes my chemistry. When we walk onto the Drew set, I can't fake it. It's because they're clapping and they're excited. And we have a really interesting person on that day. And it's suddenly like, that changes me. That shifts my experience. And so we are incapable of faking it, even though Drew's a great actress. But we certainly have things going on in our lives and we're just made better by the show. That's a good way to put it. Do you have a favorite Drew Barrymore movie? Oh my God. You know, Fever Pitch is underrated. Never Been Kissed is perfection. Um, 51st States is the sweetest story. Um, there's a million others I could go through, but those three off the top of my head. Those are good. Yeah. Is there someone, I mean, you mentioned so many great people coming up on Hello, Ross. Is there someone now with this new incarnation of, you know, this new podcast, like that you was just kind of on your hit list of someone you would love to just interview? Or, or I started, you? I started to, to type a message to Diane Keaton in a DM on Instagram. She doesn't even follow me, but I started to type it and then I deleted it. Cause I'm like, what do you say? You know, I'd love to interview Diane Keaton. Um, she waved to me once at an, uh, a red carpet. It was Armani was getting a star in the fashion walk of fame, Beverly Hills. Anyway, that was my big moment. She like, hi. Um, and then uh, the Barefoot Contessa, I'd love to interview Ina Garden because she reminds me of my mom and I love to cook, you know, I have my recipes and, and everything. So I would love to talk to her, but and you know what? 
it could absolutely happen. Both of them could. I, I, I wasn't, uh, the majority of the people that I've listed to you, I was never going to bother them to be on the show. And I'm booking it myself through DMs, texting people. My husband, Wellington says, try it. You know, and I've been so shocked. Everybody I've asked has said yes so far. So. Wow. Is it, you know, I mean, I've been doing this like three years. Is it like, are you in that addictive stage? Cause it does get addicting. You're like, I've had people on that. If you told me like Sally, Jesse's just an example that I mean, what that's happening. Are, are you in that addicting stage now of like, wait, like I am going to DM Diane Keaton or, you know, you just that night you wake up thinking like, wait, I have another one for the list. It's not addictive for me. It's more like, um, uh, the best way I can describe it is like, I'm just driven to, to have these conversations with people who I admire. So it's not like collecting him, you know, for me, it's more just like connecting, not collecting, connecting. And so that, that, that's what drives me right now is like the fact that I could get 30 minutes face to face, even though it's on computer, but face to face with, with some of these people, uh, um, makes me feel like, Oh God, it's going to sound so stupid, but it just makes me feel like I'm in the right spot. You know, like this is exactly where I should be. I could see that because it's, it's a real conversation. You know, you have to business and sometimes maybe they phone it in, but not really. Right. Like it's a real, you're staring into a computer. It's 30 minutes or more. And it's a real yeah. thing. You're asking it's real like our questions. Con- yeah. It's like our conversation here, you know, I mean, you could probably like fake it and do a song and dance for like the first minute and a half, but that's going to get exhausting after a while. So we can, and not that we did that. I'm saying like, it's, we're incapable of doing that. At the end of the day, if you, if you are sitting face to face, just you and another person, you're going to have some sort of real moment. You're going to uncover something that, you know, we've never said before or thought we've never expressed before. And so it's going to be insight into that person that no one's ever had before. That's how I feel. That, that's that's that is maybe what I'm, what really is turning me on that I'm addicted to is sort of like getting to a place th- that these people have never shown the world before on a platform like this. I would agree. And I think I, personally, I took that from your Chelsea Handler. I haven't listened to your newest one with Guy, but I took that. I mean, you know, we've all heard interviews with Chelsea Handler and I took stuff away. I've never heard. What do you feel, you know, having, you're welcome. What do you feel having been in the E family about like the Kardashians? Do you want to have any of them on your podcast? Yes, I I just was texting with Chris uh, two days ago. Uh, I love them. You know, I used to go to the Christmas parties, which is hilarious. And I write about them in the book. Um, um, They are, what they have achieved is like next level crazy. I was there. We started Chelsea lately. I think the same year they started Kardashians. I think it was the same year. And so as... Like I kind of knew them and then they went from like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That family that's doing that thing to then like, oh, they're super famous, you know, to billionaires to like, what the what, you know? And, but the thing about them all, my experience has been they're so sweet. One time I was on a private jet flying to New York, Chelsea, Chris Jenner. Um, it was Kat Sadler and uh, Kim Kardashian and, and, they got there right, like last, you know, not late, but we were like, hello, private jet. I'm like, there. can I get there an hour earlier? Push every button. You know, it's not normal life for me. And so they come and Kim hands me this bag. And I'm like, what is this? She goes, well, we stopped and got salad. So I just thought maybe you'd be hungry. What? She got me a salad. <laughs> I mean, like that, that's what I mean. Like they're just nice. Um, so I'm happy to report they're still nice, even at this at crazy atmospheric level. And they work. I mean, that's a thing. Like they are workers, you know, it's not like anything's being like, they're real true workers. But let me promise you, I would not work. If I, if my first billion, I'll tap out. Promise you. I promise you I'm going to be right behind you. <laughs> I'll probably still do the podcast because I love it so much. You know what I mean? But, and I would do things that, that I really wanted to do, but I wouldn't feel the pressure, you know, and I would be nice to be real or real picky. What's it like riding in a private jet, you know, 3,000 miles with Kris Jenner and Kim Kardashian? Like, do you chill? Do you relax? Do you yeah, talk? we fell asleep. Like, the chairs turned into little things. And, and there was one point where Kris Jenner, she's like, um, Kris said, anybody want a drink? And, uh, you know, it was me and Chelsea Handler. So we're like, hello. Yeah, sure. And she's like, I got it. And because she's like, I used to be a flight attendant. So she kept making, like, drinks and bringing them around, checking out everybody. Is that crazy? 
Yeah, you wouldn't expect Chris Jenner to be Felix <laughs> yeah. Wright. Yeah, but she was great. Really, she has a future if she wants it. <laughs> could you tell in those early days that he, like you said, like you all started, like, could you tell, like, wait, there is a buzz around this family or, you know, is hindsight just 2020 and, you know, no, making I mean, you, too you, much. I remember I was in Dantana's in West Hollywood. It was Lara Spencer from Good Morning America and Chris Jenner and me. And we were having dinner and the door opened and Chris goes, Oh, my daughters are going to stop by. And the door opened up and it was, I think it was Courtney and Kim walked in and all the flash bulbs from outside were going crazy as the paparazzi was taking the picture. And I remember thinking like, Oh, Oh, okay. That, that, that's where they are now. You know, this is early, early on. Wow. How did you, well, first of all, congratulations. You're almost up to your six month wedding anniversary. Yeah, thank you. How did you're welcome? How did you guys decide to have Drew Barrymore as the flower girl? Well, it happened on the show. Uh, you know, we were just talking about my wedding as we were planning it, and and uh, something, some story we did and about a flower girl or something, and and she was like, "Do you have a flower girl yet?" And I was like, "No, you should do it." And she's like, "Are you really asking me?" And I was like, "Are you really saying that you would do it?" And she was like, "Oh my god, I'd be so honored." And it was kind of like, "Ha ha 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 ha." And then as we were planning the wedding. It sort of came up. I was like, were you joking? And she was like, I am not joking. Why, why would she think I was joking? I would be so, I, no, you said I was. And I never thought she would actually do it. Not that she would ever cancel on me. I just was fully prepared to get the call of, oh my God, I want to be there, but it's just not going to work. I was absolutely, until day of. And then she was, she, she showed up. She was there in Puerto Vallarta. It was not an easy trip from Mexico. And she was so lovely and sweet and she spoke at the wedding too and you know I think about people like Drew who are that iconic if they go into an event like that how do they make it not about them and she she is like one of the biggest stars in the world and she did her flower duty made her speech but it was she just kept herself small and observed you know she was watching everything and she sent me the sweetest video the next day recounting all the other speeches and her favorite parts and she just was a guest and the flower girl, you know, and, and if you didn't know better, you wouldn't know it was Drew Barrymore. It was, it was amazing thing to see. Right. That was one of my questions. Like, how do you go to that and not make it about you? Not that she's that person, but how does that not happen? I don't know, but I am going to ask her that question when she's on my podcast I'm on Hello Ross. I'm going to ask her about it because I saw it happen and I don't know. I don't know how she did it. But she made, she managed to make it not about her. Where like it was my aunts and uncles, you know, who should have been like, "Is that Drew?" You know, they didn't. They were looking at us, and she did that. I think she did. Wow. As we wind down, what do you and your husband do for fun? Like, you know, Palm Springs, New York. Like, I mean, <sighs> I know you joke about the fact that you're a 90 year old man at times, and you like to stay in Palm Springs. But I know. do live my life like an active senior. Yes, elastic, sensible shoe, early bedtime early rise. But uh, my favorite thing that we do is every night, whether we, we love to go to a restaurant, you know, but I also love to cook, but whatever we do, um, we come together at the end of the day and sort of break down our day. You know, I know everything that goes on. He knows everything that goes on. We sort of rehash it. Um, when we need to be, we be, you know, we help each other be strategic and smart about the, the next step of what we should do. And it's just such a true partnership. And, and that's my favorite thing is that I know no matter what happens to me today that I'll go home and tell him and we'll work it out together. And that if I have the most boring day in the world, I can come home and he'll tell me something so interesting that happened at work. So it's, it's just my favorite part of the day. Drew Barrymore, Drag Race, Hello Ross. I don't think you're having many boring days, Ross. Well, you'd be surprised, but it's pretty good. I got to say it's pretty good. Two final things. Well, you know, the fact that like the Drew show has won Emmys and it's been nominated for so many things. Listen, you're going to be splitting your time for quite a while if I'm a predicting man. Like, do you like, do you like New York now that you're here? A bunch of I time? never, ever, 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 ever thought I'd live here ever. Um, and, you know, we were in the city for a couple of years. Then we bought a house. We're on Long Island, like you. Uh, we're not too far from you. And um, this is paradise you know it's as much as i love palm springs which will be my home forever i um i love i love long island i had no idea it was like this you know but it reminds me of where i grew up in washington state there's farm stands everywhere the ocean's right there um it's 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 stunning i'm so super happy in new york the only thing i don't like is that football on sundays doesn't start till one and la it started at 10 so like everything's later which is not my not my thing 
Me too. I'm like a 90 year old person in that sense too. I like to wake up at the crack of dawn and go to bed way before most normal people do. Uh As we wrap up, the one thing you did say on your podcast, the premiere episode with Chelsea, which I thought was so, I really love this quote, as you said, if you pay attention, you will grow. And I just think that's such a great quote. It sums up so much. Well, what I was specifically talking about there was losing both my parents, you know, and what you, if you are lucky enough to go through some, um, whatever it is, your heartache, you know, some real low, some real tough things, um, not to be a Pollyanna, but if you pay attention in the really, 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 really hard times, I think there are beautiful lessons you can take away from it. Um, my lesson from there was realizing how precious this all is, knowing that I want to do everything in my power to control how long I can stay on this earth. And that's, you know, helped me to become much healthier than I ever was. Um, and that was a lesson is that we can't control much, but I can control my part. I can do my thing. And I think that's a beautiful lesson that I got out of, out of that. But um, if you pay attention, you learn things. I think that's really true. Uh, I would agree. And I've lost a parent too. And I think that's, you look, it's horrible, right? But yeah, you try to find some small measure of like, what is the learning lesson here? Otherwise you just are sad, which you can be as well. But I I just think you can do both. You can, you can um, grieve and you can learn. Eh, I don't know. It was the the thing that helped me grieve was like, what am I learning here? Multitasker. Goes goes back to that. Join join the club. Well, listen, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I followed all of your career, like you've done. I think just so much for like the community, and like so. Thank you for that. Everyone needs to listen to Hello Ross. I mean, especially with all these upcoming guests. I mean, you know, enjoy your your chat with Sally as well. I will, and I'm so grateful I got to chat with you. Thank you so much, and um, to all your listeners, you know. Thanks and keep listening to the show because you're so good at what you do. So thank you for having me on. I'm really, I'm really honored to, to have to be on with you. So thank you. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. And I'll share your socials and where everyone can listen to Hello Ross as well. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.